Welcome to the Story Story Night podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Holmes. Today, to get a sneak peek of tonight's show, Betrayed, stories of Et Tu Brute, so fittingly following the Ides of March, we bring you Danny Stewart, a featured storyteller way back from May 2010 at the theme Crushes. Here, he throws out a surprise, treacherous twist. Wow. There are a lot of people here. <laughs> when I got asked to do this, I thought I was going to be maybe reading, like, or, you know, telling a story at the library to, like, six or seven people. I wasn't expecting this. Um, anyway, so, I'm a poet, and uh, when I got asked to do this, I thought about that word crush, and um, I thought, wow, what about you know, all the different kind of variables on that definition of the word crush. So I decided to take some poetic license and tell a story about uh, the first time I experienced um, the crush of betrayal. All right, the crush of betrayal. So as I'm telling the story, think about that word crush and and what it might mean to you. But uh, I want to take us back to about 1973 in Southern California, Huntington Beach, California, where um, I was about seven years old, and uh, I had my best friend who was an Eskimo. His name was Eddie. And um, I don't know if his name was really Eddie now, but that's what kind of my memory has filled in, is Eddie the Eskimo. And um, he was my very best friend in the whole world. I loved Eddie because... Um, he was different from all the other kids in my class. Like, there were kids of other ethnic, ethnicities in class, but nobody that had the way his face looked and the particular texture of his skin and that particular color and shape of his face, it was so exotic to me. And he came all the way from Alaska, which to a seven-year-old living in uh, Southern California was like, it might have been, you know, the Antarctic, right? It was a long ways away. Um, I'd never seen snow before, and he came from the land of snow. So um, I, I put a lot of energy into my best friendship with, with Eddie the Eskimo. Well, Eddie's father worked for a fishing boat um, in Alaska, so he wasn't in California all the time. So whenever he came back from Alaska, he would bring Eddie gifts, right? And he one year brought Eddie um, these rocks that his father had found in a river in Alaska, and these weren't just any rocks, right? They were, they were these special, beautiful rocks that had been polished by the water and were all these exotic colors and were so smooth like glass. Or, Well, to my imagination, they looked like dinosaur eggs or, or stars falling from the sky. They were so beautiful. And Eddie loved them so much, and he talked about them all the time, and he always brought them out, and he'd bring them out, and he'd talk about them and talk about them. And... <laughs> talk about them and talk about them and about how awesome his father was and how he could fish and he had seen the polar bear and my dad sold tires at Sears and, you know, drank beer or three, you know, at night and didn't want to play catch or any of the cool things that Eddie's dad did, including giving him this great gift of these rocks and one day he had those rocks out, and we were sitting on the curb out front, in front of his house, and he was going on about those rocks, and something in me just snapped, and I thought, you don't deserve those rocks. 
Why do you have those rocks? Why don't I have those rocks? But really what I was thinking, why don't I have your life? Why don't I have your exoticness and your history and your, your everything? I'm just this plain old kid. I have nothing. My dad sells tires. You've got great rocks. You've seen snow. And so as he's going on about these rocks, I thought, I'm going to take these rocks. And I started hatching this plan. How am I going to get these rocks? How am I going to get these rocks? I'm going to take them. I'm just going to wait till he catches his breath. And I'm going to scoop down and I'm going to grab him. And as he's talking and talking and talking, I'm just waiting for the right moment, right, right moment. Like there's a right moment to, you know, steal your best friend's rocks. But in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, here it comes. Here's the moment. And he turned his head to the left or maybe it was to the right. I'm not sure. But I just scooped those rocks up and I ran. I started running. I was running, 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 running. And I heard him like gasp and then scream, Danny, what are you doing? Now, I, I lived about three blocks from Eddie. And so I curved around the curve and, the, and it kind of was like a radiator of the street pattern. So it curved up this way and went around and then went around and ran around like this. So I finally got to my block, which ended at a cul-de-sac. So I ran on the first corner, just running as fast as I could, and all I could think of was those rocks in my hand. They were burning up my hand. They were so perfect, and they fit so perfectly there. And I was sweating so hard, and I wasn't even thinking about what was going to happen, because obviously he knew, where, he knew where I lived. He met my parents. I mean, he could come back and get the rocks if he wanted to. But all I knew is I had them, and I was making that escape. And I ran on the corner, and I, he was yelling after me, Danny, Danny, what are you doing? And I heard other screams and, and foot, footfalls, right, behind me. And I, I looked over my shoulder, and there were kids running after him, and he was chasing me. And it was like they were kind of grabbing onto us, seeing the commotion, wanting to know what was going on. And so I picked up my speed, and I started running around the next corner and onto the next block, and he's behind me, and these kids are behind me, and suddenly all these kids are kind of gathering up like a snowball or something, gathering snow, and they're behind him. And I'm thinking, well... I'm kind of in trouble now. There's like 15 kids behind me all running after me, wanting to know what's going on. And he's screaming bloody murder. And I round my corner and I'm running on my block and suddenly I see my friends and they're going, dude, what's Danny doing? I chase after him. And so they're running after me as well. Well, at the end of my block is a cinder block wall, right? It's a, it's a, a cul-de-sac. And on the other side of the cinder block wall is something that all the kids in the neighborhood were forbidden to go. It was the oil derricks, right? And just like these great big massive iron kind of ponies going up and down in the horizon, but no kids were allowed over that wall. It was dangerous, right? So I saw that wall and looming in front of me, and I'm running as far, hard as I could at this point, and I'm starting to get really scared. I'm sweating really hard. The rocks are like slippery in my hands now. I could feel a fiery stitch in my side, and there's all these. It sounds like there's 8,000 kids behind me screaming, Danny, 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 what are you doing? And I run up to the wall, and I stop there, and I don't know what to do, and I thought, well, he's going to want the rocks back. He can't take a man's rocks and not expect some, you know, um, outcome, some... <laughs> So I, I did what, I, I don't know what another seventh, seventh grader or seventh year old would have done, but I just, I just took the rocks and I, I threw them as hard as I could over that wall. I threw them as hard as I could over that wall. And then I thought, well, I, you better get ready to fight now because not only did you steal a man's rocks, but you threw them over a cinder block wall into a no man zone and it's time to put up or shut up. So I wheeled around, and I got my fist ready, and I was ready to fight Eddie. 
Eddie the Eskimo, my best friend in the whole world. And this group of people, all these kids, some of them, my friends, kids I had never seen were around us, surrounding us, and Eddie just kind of part of the crowd, and he walked up to me, and he just looked at me, and tears just were rolling down his face, and his chin was this quicksand, and he said, why? Why? And that's my first experience with betrayal. Thank you. Thanks, Danny. Tonight, Story Story Night speaks of sleight of hand, backhanded goings-on, and general backstabbery, with the theme, Betrayed. Stories of et tu, Brute? Join us in on the intrigue with featured storytellers Aaron Patterson, Taylor Murphy, and Whitney Weirick, followed by an open story slam with a redeeming prize package from Boise Guesthouse and Rediscovered Books. For this show, our ticketing system is double-dealing, meaning this month and all those to follow. In order to ease waiting issues at the door, we're only selling a limited number of advance tickets online, and those lucky few are allowed exclusive entry in before 6.30 p.m. Then, at that time, over 200-plus tickets go on sale at the door to the general spontaneous public for only $5. The show starts at 7 p.m. Thank you for listening. Story Story Night is brought to you by fearless leaders Jessica Holmes, that's me, and Anna Dimitriadis, as well as ticketing and volunteer guru Kylie Krill, story seeker Zach Borman, and studio guides Elizabeth McKetta and Kate Riley. Theme song, music, and podcast production are by the Caesar-like Dan Costello. Hear more at hearcostello.com. Our partners include Boise State Public Radio, Neighborhood All-Stars, The Rose Room, Bricolage, and Red Feather. A big thanks goes out to Boise Rock School, our story think tank, and fabulous volunteers. Join us on the podcast next week for the first shock of Betrayed. Learn more at storystorynight.com. <laughs>